this is Randy Shandabel, and after some time off, we're back with a new This Golden State. Polls show that Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom is the early frontrunner to become California's next governor. And no surprise, the former mayor of San Francisco polls especially well in the San Francisco Bay Area. But recently, some prominent voices from his hometown have been lashing out. He is the greatest political one-night stand that I have ever seen. I think he's a fraud. That's Art Agnos speaking, another former mayor of San Francisco. It's very clear that it's pay to play for Gavin Newsom. And then there's leaders of the Sierra Club. They're also annoyed by Gavin Newsom, accusing him of stabbing his own city in the back. It all has to do with who decides what's best for the city's waterfront, the people of San Francisco, or if Gavin Newsom gets his way, the little known but very powerful California State Lands Commission. Newsom chairs that commission. You need the state of California because you're on state property and you're gonna need me. Now, before you dismiss this as just a San Francisco story, it's much more than that. Newsom's State Lands Commission is suing the city and suing the Sierra Club. And what happened in a Northern California Superior Courtroom this week could impact waterfront land up and down the entire state. Some brief background. A couple of years ago, shortly after some developers tried and failed to build a luxury high-rise condominium project on the waterfront, San Franciscans voted to pass a ballot initiative, Proposition B. Basically, Prop B requires voter approval for any waterfront project that exceeds existing height limits. Seems simple enough, but Newsom and the State Lands Commission are suing to overturn Prop B because they say coastal development in California is their jurisdiction and they don't want voters in other parts of the state to follow San Francisco's lead. Newsom declined our request for an interview. More on that in a minute. So today's podcast is admittedly not very balanced, based mostly on our interview with Art Agnos. And as you've already heard, Agnos is no fan of Gavin Newsom. Mayor Art Agnos, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Delighted to be with you. For people outside of San Francisco, why is it so important, at least it seems important to most San Franciscans, to have a say what goes up along the city's waterfront? Why is it so important? Well, the city's waterfront is owned by the city and therefore the people of San Francisco who have always had a very deep love and affection for their waterfront. Today, the waterfront in uh, the area around the ferry building is the number one destination in San Francisco for visitors and residents alike because of its beauty and its attractiveness. And so people care about what happens on the waterfront especially since they own it as public land. And therefore, they are very fussy about what is put there and what is built there and have managed to control uh, unfettered development on the waterfront, that is high-rises, hotels, luxury buildings, um, through the power of the citizen initiative. And that is what Lieutenant Governor uh, Newsom a former mayor of the city who understands uh, these concepts has decided to sue the city to take away the right of the citizen to vote on issues that affect public land they own. Let's get into Gavin Newsom and his complaints in just a minute. But before we go there, 
I think if people were to take a walk or a drive along the Embarcadero now, they'd look around and other than traffic, they'd think it was great. And that's because it is an extraordinary place. We have museums, wonderful restaurants, cafes, the Fisherman's Wharf, the ballpark. It's a spectacular new part of the city that has been developed since we took the Embarcadero Freeway down in 1990. A couple of quick interjections here. The Embarcadero Freeway that Agnos just referenced, it was damaged in the big 1989 earthquake, and Agnos pushed to have it torn down. It was a big, elevated, double-decker freeway that moved traffic, but also kind of walled off the waterfront. Agnos prevailed. The freeway was torn down, and most people are happy now. The waterfront is much, much nicer. But it's also one big reason he lost his re-election bid. Business people in Chinatown feared losing the freeway would cost them business, and they blamed Agnos. Also, full disclosure here, while I had no role in passing Proposition B, and I am not involved in the current waterfront battle, I did work with Art Agnos and others in a previous waterfront battle. The Golden State Warriors wanted to build their new basketball arena, on a couple of piers in San Francisco Bay, right next to the Bay Bridge, a 13-story arena right on the water. We helped block that move. The Warriors are now building somewhere else in the city. The waterfront has always been a target for developers and developments. The Warriors Arena was probably the largest, but throughout the modern history, of the waterfront, it's always been targeted by luxury high-rise developers who see that as another uh, major development opportunity for them to make huge amounts of money, millions and millions of dollars, and it would have destroyed uh, our city's waterfront as we know it. And therefore, uh, the initiative has always been a protector uh, against unwanted developer intrusions on our waterfront that would make them a lot of money but cost the city a great deal. Agno says that with riches at stake, developers often shower politicians in City Hall and in Sacramento with campaign donations to curry favor with waterfront decision makers. And he says without Proposition B, the city's waterfront might eventually look like Miami Beach or Hong Kong. Records show that pro-development groups have been especially generous to Newsom's recent campaigns, more than $160,000, including thousands from the owners of the Warriors. Newsom supported their waterfront arena, and thousands from the developer of those controversial luxury high-rise condos that Newsom supported, but voters rejected. And that led to Proposition B, which said if you want to change the height limits along San Francisco's publicly owned waterfront, you have to get a vote of the people. Why? Because we don't trust City Hall today to make the best decision to protect our waterfront. It's too precious, and so the people will take over, and that's what the situation is today. So maybe I'm being a little bit slow here, but you're basically saying that in the past, city leaders have been bought by developers to approve some of these projects. For the last few years, it's been too much pay to play. And the people said, we don't trust that system in uh, our waterfront. And so they took the power away from City Hall. It's as simple as that. 
And so now they say, you got to work with us. That has changed the chemistry of project planning in this city because um, when they went to City Hall, they looked for a campaign contribution, they looked for developing personal relationships, football tickets, basketball tickets, anything else. But when they come to the neighborhoods, to the people of San Francisco, it's not about a campaign contribution, it's about what kind of a public amenity are you going to put on this public land that we own that you want to develop. What are you going to do for parks? What are you going to do for open space? What are you going to do for affordable housing, sea level rise, traffic congestion? And that's a whole different conversation than what we've seen in the past around these projects. So let's fast forward just a little bit. As we're talking today, the State Lands Commission, uh, a government entity that I'm guessing most Californians haven't even heard of, is suing San Francisco to block Proposition B, the ballot <clears throat> initiative you're talking about. Obviously, this is an important issue to San Francisco and people who care about the waterfront. Why should people in other parts of the state care? Is there something that's at play here for them, say the people of Los Angeles, San Diego, other coastal communities? Absolutely. Um, they're vulnerable to the same kind of lawsuit that takes away their right to vote on issues that affect land that they own through their city government, uh, as San Francisco is. Uh, state Lands Commission is a little-known sort of secretive body that uh, is uh, populated by three entities, the governor's office, who usually sends a uh, surrogate, and the controller's office, and the lieutenant governor. So why do you think Gavin Newsom, the former mayor of San Francisco, now lieutenant governor, and as we all know, he's running for governor, why do you think that Gavin Newsom is so enthusiastic about this lawsuit against his former city? It's about campaign contributions. The developers uh, are big supporters of Gavin Newsom. They were when he was mayor. Uh, the same developers who uh, did uh, 8 Washington, which was the high-rise development along the waterfront that triggered all of this action, were big supporters of his. Simon Snellgrove has given over $2 million to politicians in this city uh, in various campaigns. He's given thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, as have his allies to Gavin Newsom to run for lieutenant governor, to run for governor today. And so it's very clear that it's pay to play for Gavin Newsom, which is a complete contradiction to what his lip service is as a candidate for governor who says he cares about uh, economic inequality, yet in his uh, campaign he is taking money from the richest people to support projects that only uh, improve situations for housing, at least, uh, for rich people. So you're basically saying that the former mayor of San Francisco is taking money to sue his former constituents. That's my impression, and that's what the records show, that throughout his career, he's taken money from these developers who are seeking to get rid of the people's right to vote on issues that affect their land in this city. So, obviously, this bothers you. What does it say to you about Gavin Newsom that he's doing this? It says to me that he is the greatest political one-night stand that I have ever seen. And what I mean by that is that he will come to an audience and look good, sound good, and say all the right things. But when it comes to campaign donations, he's taking money from people who are seeking to deny those uh, citizens the right to vote on issues that affect their city on their public land.
You're a progressive, and Newsom, at least for a while, was a progressive's dream come true. The first elected official to stick his neck out to try to legalize same-sex marriage. He's an environmentalist, supports sanctuary cities. He's extremely bright, well-spoken, good-looking. He's your classic liberal politician, at least to most people he seems that way. Yeah, well, I would disagree with that characterization. He's a classic political one-night stand, someone who says what he has to say and writes a book that says where the citizen should be the ultimate power. He wants uh, governance to come from the bottom up. That book is Citizensville, right? Yeah, Citizensville, in which he proclaims the right of the citizen to control their own government, yet he sues the city that he uh, governed as mayor for seven years and served as a supervisor for another seven years because they're trying to control the destiny of land that they own, and he's doing it for the benefit of rich developers who give him tens of thousands of dollars or their allies. And to me, that is a fraud that is similar to what you see in a lot of political one-night stands. So, you know, some people might hear your complaints about Newsom as bitter or even jealous. You're a former progressive mayor who wasn't reelected and has never held higher office than being mayor. And you're complaining about another former progressive mayor who's the leading candidate for governor. And some people were even talking about as a candidate for president in 2020. So to those people who might think that this is bitterness or jealousy, you would say? Well, look, my political future is behind me. Um, uh, not interested in running for office. I am not supporting anybody in this gubernatorial race. So I'm looking for what's in the best interest of the people of California, where I served in the state legislature for 12 years. Um, and I think that with my experience and my, and my direct knowledge of uh, how he behaved as mayor, I think he's a fraud when it comes to progressive. He is suing the Sierra Club leader who was the proponent of Prop B in this lawsuit as a state lands commissioner. Uh, That's not a pro-environment stand. Okay, why do you feel it's better for citizens to decide what makes sense to go up there than elected officials who could study the issues more closely? Voters have been known to make some pretty controversial, sometimes wrong-minded decisions that don't work out. Uh, They don't necessarily know the issues as well as people who have time to study it. Proposition 13, for example, is still causing the state budget problems. Californians voted to make same-sex marriage illegal not so long ago. They voted to ban it. Back in 1994, Californians overwhelmingly voted to make it illegal for undocumented immigrants to get health care or go to public schools. So isn't it possible that voters will make some bad decisions on the waterfront? Absolutely, it is possible. I'm not saying that voter or citizen initiatives are perfect, but what I am saying is that I trust them a lot more than I do the politicians these days. And that's painful for me to say, because I was a politician for most of my career. Back to Gavin Newsom for a second. What do you think people in other parts of the state should learn from this episode about the man who's leading in the race as we speak? That um, his words do not match his actions. He says one thing and does another in private. And the perfect example, as I said, is he wrote a book about the power of the citizen and governance going up, yet 
behind the scenes in private. He takes tens of thousands of dollars from developers to do their bidding. And this lawsuit by the uh, State Lands Commission that he led as chairman is a perfect example of it. I had hoped to have Gavin Newsom respond to Agnos's allegations, give him as much time as he wanted. But as I mentioned earlier, he declined to comment. Instead, his spokesman, Reese Williams, sent us a statement. I'll read from it. Quote, The lieutenant governor won't join a one-term failed mayor, he's referring to Agnos, in an exchange of insults. The public deserves better. Lieutenant Governor Newsom is open to a settlement with San Francisco while protecting broader statewide concerns. Newsom's spokesman also denies the pay-for-play allegations and accuses Agnos of, quote, ugly hyperbole directed at the lieutenant governor that's rooted purely in San Francisco political tribalism, well-documented allegiances, and nothing else. We asked the spokesman about the settlement he referred to and didn't get a real answer. Gavin Newsom did briefly talk to the Los Angeles Times, saying, quote, We didn't act against San Francisco. We acted on behalf of the entire state. Some parts of the state are very different than San Francisco. They're actually pro-development, not anti-development, end quote. What the hell does that mean? It, it, to me, that is just... Uh, double talk to avoid answering the fundamental question. Why did you sue the city that gave you your political career because uh, they want to vote on issues that affect their public land? That's the question. Why are you suing the city to take away the citizens' right to vote on land they own? Again, there is a Superior Court hearing scheduled for this week. Some kind of resolution could come soon. You can subscribe to This Golden State on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, and find us on San Francisco Magazine's website as well. If you like us, spread the word. Any comments or ideas, shoot me an email to Shandeville at Shandeville.com. That's S-H-A-N-D-O-B-I-L. Thanks for listening.